you with the Bulls, you get hurt. Y'all number one in the East at the time. Um, what do you think you, y'all season would have been like had you not been hurt? Um, how you feel about the team? Y'all had a y'all have a squad. Like, how do you yeah, feel about I it? Mean, it's it's going to be a big what if. I mean, for me, I feel bad um, just for the GMs is because I feel like they made the perfect team around me. And I felt like I was involved in – that was the most I've ever been involved in an organization. And I finally got the perfect team, you know, that I felt like to fit my game and play my way and really just do, you know, what I wanted to do. All right, we're here another episode from The Point by your favorite point. Here again with my boy Winston. Again. What up, what up, what up? And here again, man. Uh, actually got my second guest. Honored uh, to have my, my boy, a guy who I've been a fan of since in high school, been following him, been a year older than me, been killing it since then. And uh, welcome to have Lonzo Ball with my you, God, man. My guy, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah appreciate it, man. We're just going to start back from the beginning. Uh, you growing up in Chino. Uh, what was it like uh, growing up as a kid here in Chino? Um, just being around your brothers and your family all around here. One word that comes to mind, just fun, bro. I mean, to be honest, uh, Chino's a small town, not a lot of stuff going on. So me and my brothers were outside just playing all the time with my dad. And from a young age, I started playing hoop at six. And all I remember is just playing all the way up until now. So what's the age difference between y'all? Me and Jello are a year apart, and then Melo's four years from me. So y'all, so y'all grew up playing. Man, I can only imagine y'all, y'all a lot of fights in the crib. What was yeah? I mean, it, growing up, I'm not gonna lie, it was always like stagger, like me, G, then Melo, because Melo was always so small. Like he didn't hit a growth spurt until I actually went to college. I came back and he was overseas at the time. Mm-hmm. I came back home, he was like right here. I'm like, damn, bro, <laughs> like he was just five six when yeah. I was playing with you. Yeah. So um, when he got taller, then the one on ones became you know more competitive, but. Early on in life, it was always me and G going against each other just because Melo was so small. Spin where where is Chino, bro? Like, we're from Oklahoma, so, like, we don't know uh, the county inland, More inland. So, okay. like, if you're coming from here, it's probably, like, an hour if you go in. Gotcha. To east. Okay. So, really in the middle of nowhere, bro. Chino Hills is small. If you know some towns by there, you might know, like, Corona's, like, 15 minutes mm-hmm. from there. Okay. Um, Riverside's, like, 30 minutes from there. Got it. I think it's safe to say that... Most of America seemed like who was around a hoop community kind of knew knew your story and knew your family story. You guys had a uh, a spotlight that was sh- that was shown on y'all from a very very early on in the onset. We know you come from an athletic family. What are some of those earliest memories of hoops for you? Um, whether it be uh, watching your dad playing against your your siblings, whatever that was. Yeah. Um as a kid, I used to watch my dad and my uncles hoop all the time. They actually were, they're from South Central, so I'll go up there every weekend and watch them play and get in some runs when I got a little older, like, you know, 8, 9, 10, around there. But um, early memories is just, you know, shooting around, watching them play, you know, first and foremost. And then at home, my dad was always having basketball on the TV. You know, uh, we watched hella, like, hardware classics, like all the Lakers, all the, like, just the old teams, how they used to play. And um, that's kind of how he got us playing. You know, he wanted us to be like the Showtime Lakers. So when I started playing basketball, I've always played that way my whole life. Man, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, getting into high school, I had I had to ask. Obviously, I got a teammate that you played with, Migo. Um, I know he's a character, bro. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what was it like? I mean, playing with your brothers. You played a couple years, obviously, without Melo. But what was it like in high school playing? I you know you averaged a triple-double. or You definitely had to, right? Didn't you? Yeah, my last year. Every year high school was, like, really different for me. Like, from really? freshman year to senior was, like, night and day for me 
just because actually when I was a freshman, I played just two. I was like a shooting guard for a little bit because they had a senior point guard, and that was like the only way I could start. We had to do combo guard, so I played the two then. Then my sophomore year, I was uh, my other brother came, Jello came, so that was a different dynamic, you know, playing with him. And then um, O's big brother, I don't know if you know him, Namdi, who's actually a good friend of mine, he uh, passed away that year. Mm-hmm. So it was a different, whole different relationship when Big O came. And honestly, when he came, he wasn't even like good at. He wasn't good at. He just started playing. Like really? you can tell, he was so, super clumsy. Really, he was our third string center actually. Oh, like the dang. year we went undefeated, and then our first dude, uh, he got hurt. Like blew his ACL out. Second dude, it's like something happened. He like ran away from school type. Oh yeah. And then O was just the last one up. Mm. And then he, I've never seen out. someone get that good that fast, bro. Like. He went from not being able to like do layups and stuff to like really just dunking shit, just That's <laughs> catching crazy. it, hitting fifteen footers, and then yeah, he panned out being number six overall. So. You know, I was like my little brother, man. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, that's dope. Really panned out too. And yeah. and so you mentioned kind of how those those years of high school were different for you as you started to get later on in your high school career. That's when I feel like not only like California, but like really the United States kind of started to know about you and your story. When did you say? When would you say your game took that next step to where, like, okay, like, I actually know, like, you know, I, I can uh, really be really good? Yeah. When I first knew I could make the NBA was, like, seventh grade. But um, I would say the turning point was probably my junior year. Okay. I just felt like I was just light years better than everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was playing point guard on offense and center on defense. So I just felt like this high school was just already too easy for me. Right. But uh, my senior year was like a movie. I mean, when my other brother came, Melo, and – um that was just a lot of fun. We had, we had to move arenas to go go to bigger places just because everything was sold out. Mm. People were like <laughs> scoping tickets for like hundreds oh, yeah. of dollars to go Imagine. see high school kids. So it was it was pretty wild. Yeah. Really a movie. I mean, the shoot. That's how you know. Obviously, and we were you know thousands of miles away, but everybody in Oklahoma knew about the Ball Brothers. Right. That's for yeah. sure. And. That is it. I really seemed like a movie though, for no, real. That, it was that last super year, fun, man, for sure. Yeah, no. So I heard you you talk about you made the. I mean, you, you knew you was going to be in the league since seventh grade, just being around your pops, being around your family. But like I said, I was going way later. I didn't know I was going to do that until later. I obviously thought and had a dream of being in it, but I didn't know it wasn't for sure for me and I, in my head. So for me, like, what made you think that? Like, how, how was it for that for real? Like I said, I've been playing since six, and I was just always the best, to be honest. And I, my dad always believed in – like I say, I'm seven years old. He don't want me playing against the best seven-year-old. He wants me to play against a terrible 14-year-old. Like, mm-hmm. play against whoever you can that's older, like, no matter what. So, early on, I was playing against older kids, and, you know, I was just holding my own. And I felt like I was getting the size on me. Like, I was always one of the tallest kids, always one of the most athletic. In seventh grade, I was just like, damn. My dad was like, what you going to do? I'm like, shit, I'm going to make the league. He's like, all right. And that's when I started working out for real. So at this time, Melo was like, bro, seventh grade, I was like 12. So Melo was eight. Mm-hmm. Bro's on the hills running at eight. So you can see <laughs> where that shit got him at now. But, uh, man, he, he's really advanced. He's the one that I was just looking as a kid like, man, he's really out here with us doing this. is well, crazy. This is crazy. I got a little brother who's 13. So, like, I mean, obviously we're not that close, but yeah. he's, in the, he's in the sand dunes with me on right. the Saturdays. It's crazy, It's bro. like, yeah, stuff. I wasn't doing that early and that stuff. Right. but. I was doing it a little bit later. He's doing it way earlier than us for now. Sure. So that's, I guess that's the pros and cons about being the older brother. No, nah, definitely. Got to set the way for him. But <laughs> yeah. it, it's cool to look at, man. And I'm super proud of Melo as well nah, as far as he came. That's fine. <laughs> What's the balance between, like, man, I want these guys to do well. I want them to succeed. But also, like, I need that competitive edge, too. Like, I still am the best brother no matter what. I can answer it first. I mean, for, for my household, it just went hand in hand. Like, if you want to be the best, you're going to give your best, like, no matter what. 
And I used to, Melo was actually like the easiest to play with, but the hardest to play with in high school because we would just butt heads sometimes. And um, it's just that alpha, alpha mentality. You both want to be the best. That's what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, you just, you know, iron sharpens iron. And I think I've just done that with him my whole life. Yeah, and I think for me as the old, like, older brother, like we, we both the oldest. And I think we just have like, I'm going to speak for myself, but I feel like for me, I just, I want to set the tone. Like you want to set the tone as the oldest brother. You know you're going to go through everything first. So you really trying to set the tone. you really hoping your younger brother or brothers pass you, like, in reality. But you really want to set the tone and do the best for yourself, too, instead of high, high bar for them that they – if they want to do this, too, they got to catch it. But that you want to set the tone. Melo obviously has had a really, you know, really successful start to his career. At what point does that kind of relationship that you have with him – start to come into play is now you're also peers now too in the league. Are you picking up the phone and calling him? Um, are you guys talking about what move worked versus what didn't? Talk about that relationship now that you guys are. I mean, I, I've been watching Melo play my whole life, so I don't even have to watch his game to know what he's going to do. Um, but for me, that's just my little brother, man. Like we, we talk about everything else besides who pretty much like basketball. We both play differently, but kind of the same at the same time. So it's just, we've been around each other my, my whole life. So. Basketball is the second nature to us, so we don't really have to touch in on that. Obviously, when I play him and stuff, I'm going to give his scout. I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> doing my scout whenever I match up with him. Yeah. But um, it's really a blessing, man. Like, those are my favorite games, just going out and matching up with him. It's just like, damn, like, we both made it to the highest level, and we're out here doing what we love. Absolutely. What was uh, – if, if you could spot one, one last question on high school, what, what would you spot one, one of your favorite memories, whether it's playing with your brothers or – Anything in high school? What was it? Was a fun moment back then that you can remember that you? Always I would say about? winning the state title, because mm -hmm. um, I had got there my sophomore year and we basically lost to Stanley Johnson by itself. I don't know if you know him, but <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he was in modern day. It was like, bro, it was like forty-two to like forty-eight, and he had like thirty-eight. I heard they had points. a they had they didn't have a squad. It was just him. He won literally every year, so it was oh, really okay. just him okay. to be honest. So we we had played them my sophomore year and we lost in state to them. And I was just like, damn. Then we went junior, we lost again. I fouled out. Uh, in the fourth quarter, it went to overtime, and I just had to watch us lose. Mm. So then the, the, the last year, senior year, we finally got there. We're supposed to kill this team, obviously, and we're down by like 10 or 12 in the first half. And I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And then Melo and Oak, bro, out of nowhere, just started going crazy. I'm like, damn. <laughs> and they turned it around for, for us. They got us going, and then we ended up winning by like 30. But um, I would say those, you know, transitions from sophomore to senior year, just that timeline was crazy for me. No, nah, that's dope. That's dope. So what made you choose UCLA? I know it was obviously in your backyard and all of that, but, you know, I know at the time you committed, correct me if I'm wrong, you only had like three or four scholarship offers on the table yeah. at that point that you committed. Obviously, you know, if you would have waited, it would have been way, way different. But what made you kind of be at peace with UCLA and kind of what made you want to go there? I mean, that shit was already decided when I was a kid, basically, by my dad. So, um I used to go to like UCLA camps when I was like 10, 12 years old, just playing at the camps. And he's like, my boy going to come here, like regardless of what it is. So he didn't let me play AAU for a long time. He was just like, if, they're, if you're that good, they're going to come find you. And uh, sure enough, yeah, came in my gym sophomore year. And I was just like, called him, called him right back the next day. Like, I'm coming and just committed like that. So um, it was already set in stone pretty much. Right. Man, man, I, I ain't going to lie. I was I, – Jalen Hands committed, so the day that UCLA was about to fly to come see me, uh, I mean, a lot of people knew just from talking. You know, when you had camps and certain things, you were around these guys. I, I loved UCLA. Like, always in the back of my head. I talked to, I love the weather out here, yeah. everything about it. So it was, it was going to come down. But Jalen Hands committed, so I, 
mean, I can only imagine playing at UCLA. Um, so what was that year like? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I know big spotlight yeah. on y'all. UCLA y'all, was crazy too, was bro. Up. When I first got there, it was pretty dry, to be honest. Like, they was a little down, you know, the years before. Uh, I remember our first couple of games, I'm looking in the stands. Like, I could see my parents. I could see everyone. Like, it's mm. not packed or nothing. And then I would say probably after them first three games, just students started coming. We got all the way ranked to, like, two in the nation. Stars started coming out. And I was just like, damn, mm. I feel like I'm in the league already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um. Yeah, UCLA, that, that was that was a good time too, for sure. That's clean. One of my favorites, a couple of my favorite matchups was seeing you obviously against Fox. I mean, everybody in the country and the world was watching those matchups. Y'all got you got the win here, he got it in the NCAA tournament, but it was a crazy matchup, both matchups. And like so what were those those type of battles like? I know you like playing against the best and matching up against the best, so what were those matchups like? And you know, that was the biggest stage too. Yeah, I mean, man, me and Fox, we've been playing against each other since, you know, high school. I met him at yeah. um UCLA. You, you said like USA camp. Yeah. Um, and that actually got my, that's a big moment in my career too when I was like, I was going into my sophomore year. It was my first time like stepping out of Chino Hills, going to go play. And I uh, got invited to the USA camp and it didn't make the team. Wasn't mm-hmm. ranked or nothing. And that kind of drove me, you know, to, to be who I became to be ultimately. But um, that's where I met Fox and I knew then that he was different. You know what I'm saying? So just playing him every time, you got to obviously, you know, be ready to play against the, you know one of the best players in the world, and um, he's fast as hell. I know yeah. you know that as you are. So yeah, um, he has a lot of credit for me. He he knows what it is when we play. No, that's dope. And those experiences at UCLA, I mean, they're Trey is probably one of the select few that can relate to how fast like the media just started surrounding you guys. I mean, it seemed like like you said, three games in, it was yeah. just a complete change. At that point, when did you start to realize that okay, like you know. I need to start preparing myself for that this next step and what that's going to be like and, and all of that. Uh, to be honest with you, I was preparing in high school mm-hmm. um, just because we was kind of coming up around the time when social media started booming and ball is life and um, overtime and stuff like that was coming out. So the media was already there early at an early age. But for me, like UCLA, I never you know thought I was going to be there for four years. Like you know when I committed, my, me and my dad already told the coach I'm here for these eight months, and then you know that's what it's going to be. So. Went in there, did what I had to do. I was just locked in from the jump. Right. I didn't care who was really in the stands or not. I knew what I had to do. Um, blessed that it panned out how it did. But I was pretty prepared, you know, just right. going in there already. Trey, talk about your talk about your prep too, because I know the way that you and Lonzo were viewed, it wasn't the exact same by any means. But there was a lot of attention put on you guys from a very early onset of your college careers. Yeah, I mean, mine was more about when I like got into college and I kind of had to show mine a little bit more. Zoe had that kind of hype coming in. You you knew he was going to be a pro, like, um, from the jump. So he just had to, to maintain or just go all out like he did. Yeah. Like and uh, But for me, I had to go out and I had to play my way into the drafts and play my way into to going up. But the NCAA, it, it does that. It's a big platform. Yeah. You know? know what it is. You play in the tournament. It's a big, a big platform for sure. But for me, like, I wanted to uh, – so now we get into the league – like you coming in, you getting to play for, I mean, your hometown Lakers. You playing, playing with the up and coming group with Bi Julius. Like coming in, what was the mindset like? I mean, obviously, I bet you got hella ticket requests from family yeah, and sure. a lot of friends. So, how was dealing with all that and uh, just how your mindset? Because your mindset is gonna be different than what other people, I mean, expect yeah. of you, and it still may be higher than what even they think of you, but. What was your mindset coming in, like, as um, a rookie? Well, you, you know how it is. You don't really know what to expect, you know, coming into something new, especially the NBA. Um, for me, it was a lot different than college, personally. Mm-hmm. 
just because um, I think fit is, I think honestly, college is important too. You got to pick the right school to go to. You know, you know, you need to go who wants you, you know, where you can rock out and do your thing like that. So um, mm-hmm. NBA, you don't really get to decide that much. You know what I'm saying? It's just based off the draft and who needs what. But um, for me, it was just coming in and try to work as hard as I can and learn as much as I can. Um, I would say it was a little tougher just because when, we, when I went to the Lakers my first year, we didn't, have no, we didn't have no vets, we didn't have like no leadership or nothing. It was just a bunch of young guys, a young coach, and we were all trying to figure it out mm-hmm. you know, at the same time. So um, I don't think we ever really got on the same page my rookie year, but um, that kind of changed um, my second year when we got Rondo and Bron and you know, some more vets around the team to really guide young guys. You know, that's important, you know, in the mm-hmm. league, showing us the way and stuff like that. And um, it was going good, but we just all got hurt, you know, that second year. But um, other than that, I don't, I don't regret nothing. Like you said, I played for my hometown team. That, that was a dream come true for me. Yeah, and that was, I mean, going to my, my next question, because, like, you obviously play with a young team. It's kind of like an AAU feel because everybody's yeah. young and you all around each other's age or whatever. But then you get guys like Rondo, like you said, and Braun come in. It's a whole different mindset sure. change. Like, so what was the difference between, obviously, that, I mean, playing with the young team and then playing and those guys coming in? Like, did they ever talk to y'all? Was it a different, like, mindset type of thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can just tell, obviously, with Brian in the, in the gym, it's just a different feel, you know, just off bat. But um, way more attention to detail. Like, our practices were way different. Um, it was just literally night and day, man, night and day. And um, I really wish we could have seen what could have happened that second year, but... Everybody, everybody went down, starting with Braun first, and then me, then B.I., Rhonda, like our whole team got hurt. So, yeah. Speaking about being young, so uh, if I'm not mistaken, also you were one of, if not the very first person to enter into the league with your own signature shoe, with your own brand. Talk about that and like what that experience was, because Trey's, Trey's a signature athlete, and he's t- talked about on his platform about, you know, what that process is like through, you know, being a signature athlete and all that, but it was I would say almost one of one to see you come in and it'd be, you know, big baller brand, triple B's. It's your own brand, man. Yeah, yeah. it's your own brand. So what, what was that experience like um, for you? For me, I guess I didn't really understand it at first, just being a kid. Um, you know, I had, we had the brand coming up when I was in high school. We didn't have the shoes and stuff, but we were selling T-shirts and stuff like that. So it was always around. I didn't really understand, you know, kind of what it was. But looking back on it now, to me, it was a great idea. I just don't think it was executed right. And uh, having the knowledge I have now, I think it would have been done better. But, um, you know, we try to swing for the fences. And like you said, we try something that hasn't been done for, before. And um, to me, it could have got, it could have, it could have reached a different potential for sure, especially with Melo coming up behind us. But um, yeah. the idea was good. Just yeah, yeah. The, the plan yeah. wasn't in place yet because we just didn't have any blueprint for it. Right. Yeah, y'all was, you were switching out shoes. Yeah. And I heard, I heard a story about you switching shoes every quarter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was in summer, I don't know if you know, in summer league though. Um, so I played the first two games, but it was like the prototypes. It wasn't the official shoe yet. Oh, okay. Got it. So I was playing in those, and they were like just ripping every quarter. So like mm-hmm. Demo was in the <laughs> in the stands bringing me shoes and shit in the backpack. Shout out Demo. And I played the two games, and I'm just like, yo, I just they're not ready yet. And that's why I started wearing like Nikes one game, and then Jordans and Under Armour, and just switching up every game. Man, right. your summer league games is crazy too. I mean, that I remember I went to I went to some of them summer league games, watched you and Fox like. I've always been I've been a sponge of watching guys yeah. and watching guys play. I've always been a fan of yours. So like, them summer league games wasn't no. That was like a pre-start to. Nah, the summer league was lit. I think we had probably the best summer league team ever though. Yeah, I know. We had a stacked team for sure, and um, we had lost like our first two games. And I remember talking to it was a coach Judd at the time. He brought me in. He's like, hey man, like you just you know you're trying to do you're trying to think and run the offense and stuff like that. Like 
I just need you to play freely. And once mm -hmm. I heard that, I was like, all right, shit, we're going to play my way then. Yeah. No plays, just started taking off and just running fast break every time, pretty much. Man, that's a PG's dream when you hear that. Man. So, I, I know you went to UCLA. I know you got drafted by the Lakers. I mean, for a fan, it just seems like that was like a storybook. Like somebody just wrote that down and just yeah. pre-planned it almost. In, while you were in the thick of that, in the thick of that moment, did you ever kind of take a step back and you were like, man, like I'm here in my backyard. I'm playing for the, the Lakers I grew up watching. Um, do you think about that now a lot, or was it kind of just you were caught in the moment just trying to make sure you were yeah. developing well? Like, what was that yeah, process I, I was saying the moment, bro, I did, it didn't even really hit me like that, to be honest. Like, my dad had been preaching this my whole life. Like, you're going to go to UCLA, you're going to be first pick, you're going to go to the Lakers. Like, that's what it's going to be. And, shit, he was damn near right on, mm -hmm. right on point. So, for me, it was just about just staying in the lab and just getting better. Like, my dad, you know, I owe him everything just because he made it so easy for me to get better. Like, he was with me every day keeping me out the way of bullshit like that, you know, on the side and stuff like that, and just keeping me focused and just keeping really just my inner family around me, and, and that's it, you know what I'm saying? So um, a lot of credit goes to him for sure. For sure. I mean, as a player in this sport, bro, like uh, a lot of people don't understand, like, the, the mental side of it, like, and what, what things, what we go through as players, especially just for us as just trying to make sure we perform well, right? Sure. So. What is what has it been for you? How has it been for you mentally going through like some of the things you've been through as far as like obviously your your people scrutiny, your family always talking or whatever, or um injuries or what you've been through. Like how has your, your mental been and how have you worked on it as far as throughout your whole career? Um, I mean shit, when I met Brown he he told me a very important thing that stuck with me all the way until then and it was always keep the main thing the main thing. So for me, it was always, you know, just basketball. Basketball can fix everything, you know what I'm saying? No matter what's going on outside, just get better, get in the gym, and just keep working on your craft. And for me, it was kind of crazy because I was a shooter my whole life, hitting threes my whole life. I come in the league, and now I can't shoot no more. So that was a wake-up for me. Then I had a, you know, daughter really early. That was a wake-up for me. And then the shit that happened with, you know, my dad and BBB and the Allen stuff, that was a wake-up for me. So it was a lot of stuff in my life all kind of piled up at one time. And uh, for me, it was just... Get, get in the lab, bro. Get in the lab and figure it out. And I owe a lot of credit to um, my coach in New Orleans, who was my shooting coach. Um, I owe him a lot because he, he turned my career around for sure. How do you feel like he set you up for, you know, you playing on the, the excuse me, the Pelicans, but also um, going to play for the Bulls and really improving your shooting yeah. percentage? Um, man, Coach Fred, I, I, like I said, I owe him everything. Uh, I remember first coming to New Orleans. I get there. I'm working out, I'm shooting around, he's rebounding for me. I'm doing what I always do. About three, four days goes by and he's like, yo, like, we about to change this. I'm like, shit, like, season about to start. Like, what you mean about to change it? He's like, I'm gonna be here. I'm like, all right, like, if we gonna do it, we gonna do it. So I just remember shooting. Man, he used to bring his son back at night all the time. He would be in there running around, but um, I respect him so much because, you know, people have families, bro, at the end of the day. And, for you to give me that time, you know, no extra charge or nothing like that. You just come in here to help me out. Like so. that means a lot to me. So um, I can't tell you how many nights me. Uh, he helped Bi too as well. We was in there every night, man, just shooting, 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 shooting. And um, it started off weird because it was just like, yo, like the first two weeks, I'm like, man, fuck this. Like I'm about to <laughs> right. go back. But right. it's just like, nah, just stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. Yeah. And then you know, repetition, you know, picks up with timing, and then. It locks in. So a lot of a lot of shout out to Fred Vincent for sure. Absolutely. That's clean. Was there anything that, you know, obviously you talked about keeping the main thing the main thing, but how do you feel like your mental approach to the game changed? Obviously you had to grow up really quick, kind of from high school to college to now. What was 
what were kind of some of those steps that you took to mature in your mentality and making sure you're taking care of yourself mentally, but kind of just prepping for the long NBA season, the media pressure, all of that? I would say at the time, friends and family, bro. Um, just I had good people around me to help me through, you know, tough times in my life. So looking back at it, yeah, it was a lot of, lot of shit going on. But in the moment, like, I never felt like I was, you know, mentally out of it. Like, right. You know, I never was like, damn, I don't want to hoop no more or this is too much. I need to give my phone away. Like, nothing mm -hmm. like that. So um, just had good people around me, man, yeah. to get me through the tough times for sure. Trey, what about you? What, what have you felt like? You know, you going on year six now. What what about the mental part of the game? Have you feel like you've really improved upon since you got into the league? And what are some methods that you take to make sure you locked in all the time? Man, I think it's hard. You can't really prepare for it. You got to go through some shit to really, to really figure it out. Like, it's nothing you can really prepare for. I mean, people can tell you how things are going to be, but until you go through certain things, it's hard to really prepare for it. So, like, I mean, I feel him when he says, like, he's been through a lot. Like, we all, man, some of us have been through more shit than others, but... We all have to go through certain things to really, to really feel how to get out of those things. It's hard to really prepare for it if you ain't really experienced it. Mm -hmm. so. and I'm glad you said that, too, because I think as a spectator, obviously I'm not and will never be in either of you guys' shoes, but I think it's important to the general public to understand that how much of the game is actually between the ears. Um, one of our buddies, Max Hazard, has a, has a great saying of like, people don't realize how much of this game is in between the ears versus it is physical. So I'm sure. glad you both acknowledge that yeah. and just understanding that it really is an important part of making sure you're ready to go. So Yeah, I think piggybacking on that as well, too, just to extend a little more, like it is a game at the end of the day. Like it's just basketball. So no matter how hard, you know, stuff is getting, it's not like we're on the front lines in the Army or some shit, you know, mm -hmm. going out there and ready to die every day. Like, Absolutely. So for me, it's, like, it's always could be worse. So I always look at it like that at the end of the day. Like, I'm still playing a game that I love for a, a living. So you can't give me no better than that. Absolutely. That's the way to look at it. Um, uh, so you with the Bulls. You get hurt. Y'all number one in the East at the time. Um, what do you think y'all season would have been like had you not been hurt? Um, how you feel about the team? Y'all had a y'all have a squad. Like, how do you yeah, feel about I mean, it? It's, it's gonna be a big what if. I mean, for me, I feel bad um, just for the GMs, is because I feel like they made the perfect team around me, and I felt like I was involved in that was the most I've ever been involved in an organization, and I finally got the perfect team, you know, that I felt like to fit my game and play my way and really just do, you know, what I wanted to do. So. Um, that that injury, you know, that that I'm still going through it right now. But that one, that one messed me up early, just because I feel like we really had a chance and never got to see what it was. Uh, when you do come back, um, is there going to be a different mentality? Is there going to be a more grateful uh, appreciation to the game when you come back? I know you already appreciate it, but is there a different mentality? Nah, man, not to nah. I think I played hoop the same way my whole life, bro. Like I always just love playing basketball, so. It's just basically something that got taken away from me that's going to be it's going to be a whole new joy again. Like I'm going to be hella happy to be back out there, but I never took the game for granted. So for me it's just like, you know, it's giving your love back for sure. You know, they're obviously I, I can speak as a fan. The game misses you, bro. Like the game absolutely misses you. And I know the peer your peers around the league are also a huge fan. It is understated by saying that you one of the best passers in the league without question. What is exciting about this journey that you're going on now to, you know, whenever you come back, it's I'm Zoe, but I'm also Zoe 2.0. Like I'm just, I'm trying to improve just like I would if, if I wasn't injured. Yeah. I mean, shit, I wish I never got injured, to be honest. Sure. I, would, I wouldn't want to come back, but um, that's just, you know, what's in front of me. And I just got to tackle it head on 
And whenever that time comes, I'm going to be, you know, blessed to be back out there doing what I love. But um, like I said, the mindset is going to stay the same, go out there and, and play for my team and be the best person I can be. Absolutely. Yeah. Going on that, I think whenever uh, you did go down, it became very apparent that that was something, like you said, that your team was built around, you know, for you to be able to pass the rock and do it at a high level. When do you think you started maturing as a passer? Was it when you got in the league? Was it in college? Was it in high school? Was it something you felt like you just had, had a knack for, or was it something you really were in the lab, like, working on and stuff? Nah. To be honest, I had never worked, like, on my passing. I just <laughs> – Damn. Like, <laughs> my game, like bro, is like – I tell Demo this all the time. Like, when I used to go to camps and stuff as a kid, like, we was doing drills and shit. Like, I'm trying to go to the bathroom and just sit in there until the fives is coming on. Because I know, like <laughs> – and the drills, these cones, like, I'm going to lose the ball, two ball dribbling. I can't right. do none of that. But right. if you throw someone in front of me, like, I'm just going to naturally be able to play because my whole life I've always just played. Mm -hmm. So um, that just came from a young age, bro, playing with my brothers, my dad telling me, you know, before you dribble, always look up. And if it's open, throw it every mm -hmm. single time, bro. Mm -hmm. You come off this pick and roll, as he knows, as a guard, it's going to be the same reads every yeah. time, bro. So just see what's open and, and make sure you get it there however you got to. So I just grew up playing like that. Absolutely. Bro, that's tough. That's crazy. You say you never watch your passing, but you'd be a – Good with passing. Because um, it's, it's art. You know what I'm saying? Some, like, some people, I guess, got it natural. Like, that shit is. That it's shit. just a lot of games, bro. A lot of. Yeah. When Demo came back home from. He was overseas. He came back home and he started training me. And I, I was training with him. I couldn't do, like, none of the ball handling. <laughs> That's crazy. Couldn't do none of the passing. Yeah. He's like, bro, who have you been working out with? I'm yeah. like, bro, I just play. Like, That's good. Man. I mean, some dudes yeah. hoop. Man, some dudes different. But uh, I, only got, I got two more okay. quick questions, man. Uh, nah, so. Throughout your whole career, from beginning to end, and we both PGs, we both have to think the game difference. Probably the toughest position is for sure toughest in basketball, but one of the toughest in all sports being a PG. So, what been uh, the biggest learning curve um, from the beginning of high school when you didn't have your mellow and you didn't have your, your other brother Jello, like to now? What has been the biggest learning curve um, as a PG for you? The biggest learning curve, I would say. I learned this early too. Like my dad told me, point guards is judged on wins and losses. Strictly, that's it. Like you either win the game and you did your job, or you lose and you didn't. No matter what you did. So for me, it was always like that. That's why I think I play how I play. Like I don't really play for stats at all. I just play, try to make the right play. You know, guard who I got to guard, be in the spots I got to be in, and just you know live with the results. So I, I would say I carried that throughout my career. Thank for you sure. for saying that because I think that's important. <laughs> we talk about we talk about all the time about. Um, that's you know, how it is. the narrative that, that's put out there, but you're right. It's about wins and losses. And, yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Just how you doing now? Like, when, when it comes to recovery, getting back into it, like, how, how has the mental been? Like, right now, what are you, what are you doing to, to make sure you write everything about you? Just taking it day by day, bro. Um, I just had a really big surgery, hopefully the last one I ever have to get. But, um, you know, it's a long process. Going to be out this – I'm already out this whole next season. So, um you know, when I first got hurt, we didn't really know what it was. I've seen all type of different doctors and stuff, and I was kind of just going up and down. And that was really hard for me because I just didn't know what the next day was going to be like. Mm -hmm. um, and at least now, you know, I got the surgery. We got a plan moving forward. We've been on plan. I'm on track. So That's good. hopefully everything works out. But, um, you know, I just leave it up to God, man, and just do the best I can and live with the results for real. Absolutely. Man, that's fire, man. So that's another episode of From the Point by your favorite point, man with Lonzo Ball. Appreciate it. Yes, sir.